What's up, mommies? Get ready to pull them jeans up high and tight. We're back. YMH Live 3. It's all going down November 20th. 5 p.m. Pacific and worldwide. The return of my sister, O-M-G Maria. Oh my God, what? And the return of the greatest YMH guest of all time, Danny Brown. Leader of the Cool Guy Club is on his way. Yes, me, Danny Brown, YMH Live. It's really happening. Plus original music by Mark Rebier. Oh, oh my, oh yes. I can't wait to see Danny Brown react to the heavy segment. What the fuck, man? Head on over to YMHVirtual.com and get tickets now. Four Stroke Gang, Sue Woo! It's happening. I'm coming. Let's go. Hey guys, we're back for another Tom Talk. This time, I was very, very fortunate to get to speak with former presidential candidate Andrew Yang. He has a really interesting perspective on a lot of things, and we get into it all. I hope you enjoy this talk. This shit is big time! Who is Randy? Don't bring anyone mother into this. Your mom in the fucking sand! Andrew Yang, thank you so much for jumping in with me, man. Appreciate it. Happy to be here, Tom. Been a fan. Uh, admire your work a, a lot. I think comedians have such a special uh, place in our lives at this point. <laughs> where you're like, like some of like the last truth tellers who also know what's going on in the country because you performed in you know hundreds and hundreds of clubs. Yeah. Uh, in places big and small. I agree. I mean, it. Uh, you do really get a perspective on on like the whole thing. You know, so many people live in their own bubble, and uh, when you're when you travel to perform, you you see the whole country. It's like it's kind of a fascinating thing. I wanted to thank you for joining because I know we were gonna try something like a, a year or so ago. So I really appreciate you 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 getting on now, man. Well, I'm I'm here now than I was last year. Yeah, you had a little. I forget what you were doing, but I know it took up some of your time. Um, uh, but this is a this is a, a wild time. I mean, if you had you know during that busy time it was its own thing, but the way that things have come along, I mean, I I was just thinking about how when when we talk, we're about the same age when and when we talk to people like our parents' age, and you go, um, you know, before this year, you go like, what was nineteen like sixty eight like? And they're like, oh, it's pretty crazy. And then those people now tell us that that wasn't shit uh compared to what this year has been and i i i almost go like what really in there because we you know we grew up on that documentary footage and stories and photos and they're like yeah that's nothing don't you miss the 80s tom yes oh my gosh like you and i grew up in that and it was like karate kid the original back to the future yeah uh, you know like all of the 80s movies that you know that just made you feel uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, or like, or or the way that people used to um, describe, you know, like you're you'd have a friend and then their parent was a a liberal, and you're like, what does that mean? And someone would go, well, they like trees, and you're like, oh, okay. And then uh, this guy's a Republican. He he likes money, and that and that was like, but everybody kind of like felt like they got along. At least my memory was like everybody's getting along. I mean, you know, now you get to this year, and I. In my lifetime, I definitely have never felt anything like this. I'm not an, an alarmist in the least either, you know. I'm not somebody, but 
I think it's impossible to ignore that this um, this divide feels much more real, much stronger than anything that I can ever recall. Oh, yeah. It's been supercharged relative to anything that you and I have ever experienced, Tom. And there are some very big structural reasons for why that is. So if people are like, why are we all so pissed off all the time? The media landscape has changed a lot since yes. you and I have been alive. And then you've layered social media over it, uh, which has just supercharged our ability to get pissed off at each other. Uh, and uh, it's made it so that we're all in our own information bubbles and we can't agree on facts. And so you can have, you know, a president just argue that he didn't lose and then millions of people will be like, yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. Like, wasn't there, wasn't there something objective that's supposed to decide this? Uh, so it's, uh, it's structural. It's not in anyone's head. Uh, and it's going to continue to get worse, not better, probably, almost certainly. And he, that's the thing is that I guess that's the um, the depressing and discouraging part because I don't I don't you know I joke around a lot but like I I I am a hopeful optimistic person in in a in a general sense and I mean plus you're a parent like I am you're, yeah. you're parents you look at your kids and being like holy crap <laughs> like, like yeah. what, what do we do this is this is madness I mean I think one of the big uh, the big parts that I'm kind of like, I don't know, I feel like what, what is happening is what you just brought up with, with news and information, right? Because when we were kids, you know, the nightly coverage, you had like Peter Jennings, uh, Tom Brokaw, Dan Rather, and they yeah. basically did the same thing, which was just same like... Same thing. They were the same dude. <laughs> they're the same dude. Yeah. No offense to those guys. No, no, but like they were the same dude. You're right. And then... When CNN took off, I mean, people now, you know, that's like, it's, it's wild that it's a polarizing thing to say if you grew up in the 80s and you're like, oh, CNN just had rotating anchors also just reading prompter. I mean, that's what it was. It was just 24-7. If, if, if news wasn't on one of the network channels, you could put on this cable channel and just find out news, like just read to you. Now it's like, you, you know, you say... A, a news network and immediately people put you into a category because you're consuming news from one of these outlets and you're like well where do you get news from man your aunt's facebook page like this is i mean you know people have this tremendous bias about where they're consuming and then you know i i've talked to people you think a lot of times people should get people should get their news from you tom people i feel like the same way podcast and just say you know what i'm just not going to pay attention to anything on any of the networks uh, until Tom tells me what's what. Thank you for that endorsement. Please clip that and let's release that uh, later today, guys. Thank you very much for that endorsement, Mr. Yang. Um, but here's the thing, man. I'm with you in that I don't see, uh, I don't see how that's going to improve also in the near future. People, people just collect the bit of information they want to push what they're saying. And you're like, yeah, I don't feel like we're living in the same reality anymore. You know, the wild thing is that Trump has now turned on Fox and now like Newsmax is the future. And I had to look it up. I was like, what the hell is Newsmax? Yeah. Or, uh, or One America. The kind of coverage? One yeah, America yeah. News? One America Network. Oh, yeah. I mean, holy yeah. shit. That, that thing where you're like, dude, like, I mean, I have podcast sets that are uh, better put together than One American News. <laughs> like it is... It is straight. It's like straight from his Twitter feed. He's like, why don't you talk about this? And they're like, got it. 
like that's not news, <laughs> man. That's it's it's so depressing. It's it's super bleak, uh, and again, so there's some structural reasons for it. If you want to um, try and dig in, um, I read a book. Um, I guess now is sort of the beginning of my my campaign by a social psychologist named Jonathan Haidt. Have you seen his work? I have Tom? not. No. Well, you're going to love it because it explains a whole lot. So he wrote a book, The Righteous Mind, that said, like, why is it that good people can disagree uh, on politics so uh, viscerally? Uh, and he identified six universal human values that cross over cultures and, and uh, countries. So everyone feels these things. And the six universal virtues are caring, fairness, liberty, loyalty, authority, and sanctity. And so you reflect on that and you're like, well, that's interesting. And what, uh, what Jonathan identified is that conservative language and media uh, hits on the last three values very heavily, loyalty, authority, and sanctity. Mm -hmm. And liberal and progressive programming hits caring and fairness very heavily. Um, so when, when you look at it, you're like, why is it that we're disagreeing so much on, on these things? It's like they're kind of different strings being pulled uh, by different news channels uh, and, and different media outlets. And so it's dividing us into camps based upon which of those values that we most naturally find resonant. Uh, and, and that's one big reason why we feel the way we do. Uh, and the media networks, unfortunately, profit more based upon our polarization. Yeah, no, that is, um, I mean, that's a really good um, analysis of the situation. I also find that those um, divides and differences in, in opinion grow more the more you stay separate, too. You know, like a lot of times oh, you, yeah. you engage and, someone. And you know, one thing that used to glue us together, I mean, comedians glue us together. One reason I love you yeah. all. But, uh, but one thing that used to glue us together, Tom, that you remember, because you and I are the same age, though, you say, uh, local newspapers. Remember yeah, that shit? Like sure. You get like a local paper and like the local paper just had um, what's going on in your community and it wasn't particularly partisan. It wasn't right. like, hey, you know, like bridges getting repaired. Like, yeah. what do you think about that, Democrats or whatever? Yeah. Um, uh, but 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 now over 2,000 local newspapers have gone out of business. So like, mm -hmm. where the hell are you getting your news? You're getting it from um, cable news and, and social media outlets and there's not really a great alternative uh, so that's a real problem. And there's actually a law in Congress right now called the Local Journalism Sustainability Act that would help keep some of these local papers alive because they are dying very, very quickly, especially now with COVID. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, that's a good thing because, I don't know, man, you see like, uh, you see people are, I mean, basically people seek out the news that they want to hear now. That's That's one of the, and it separates us more into those tribes where we're like, yeah. uh, you know, and you just respond to it and you have certain anchors that like the only people you'll listen to. That's one reason why I was like, you know, saying like, oh, they just listen to you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that like if they listen well, to certain people? You tweeted something um, the other day, maybe a week or so ago, or maybe uh, that I, I was like, I was like, oh, this is actually really important because I think it's, you know. It's easy, um, and as a as a comic or whatever, an observer, you can. I it's it's I can. I've been pretty vocal about you know um, how I feel about the current administration, and I go. I've seen that like the trap though of, of like launching into not let's say Trump, but like, you know Trump supporter or something, and how that that every time I 
you do it or you see someone do it, even though you might agree with the critique, you go, man, it feels like this is probably going to just further push a divide, right? Like it, you end up feeling conflicted. Oh, you in know, a way. One, of the, one of the darkest data points I've seen, Tom, which was fascinating, is that if you show a conservative, like liberal news in their news feed, uh -huh. or vice versa, you show a liberal conservative news in their news feed, uh -huh. it actually has them dig in on their views. It, it doesn't change it. To your point. Yeah. Like, so, but, but what you tweeted was, I think, I actually do think is important. You said if, if 68 million people do something, and it's grown since then, right? That was like a vote count tally. So 71 yeah. or whatever. You said it's vital we understand it. And I think that's a really good point, especially because you had a lot of people pre-election, you know, with their uh, expectations, like, oh, you know, this might be, you know, really show him what's up because they've had four years of what many, like many people, let's say, categorize as utter nonsense and craziness. And they go, time to like, get this shit out of here. And then you look at that vote tally and you're like, no, no, like, a, it's a lot of people, man. That's, that's, that's tens of millions of people that said like, you know, we, uh, we're on this team and it's kind of dangerous for people who even disagree with him or those people to just demonize them to a, such a degree that we can't engage anymore. Right. A hundred percent. It's one reason why I cite the Jonathan hate, uh, thinking so heavily is that, you know, I obviously did not think Donald Trump was a good president in the election. What? Um, but, Sorry, you know, go ahead, go ahead. but, uh, but of the 71 million people who voted for him, uh, you know, you have to listen and respect yeah. and dig in and hear it. Uh, and what, what I'm hearing more and more, Tom, is just that people don't believe that our institutions are actually working for them. And by institutions, you certainly have government at the front of the list, but you'd put media in that list. Mm -hmm. You know, you might throw, um, unfortunately, um, hospitals, doctors, scientists, experts, uh, educators, like, like you name it, everyone's dubious. I, when I looked at the numbers, because I'm a numbers guy and all that, like the, I think the most trusted institution in American life still is the military. Mm -hmm. It's like the last thing that people are like, yeah, that that, that does more or less what it, it's supposed to do. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, I, even the military has problems, but yeah, you know, it's like like, like the, if you look at the public trust in it, it's actually still holding up yeah. better than let's say Congress. I yeah. mean, Congress has a twenty-one percent approval rating. Um, so there there are a lot of folks who see in Trump like a big uh, fu to these institutions that uh, are not working for them, their families, their communities. Uh, and there, there has to be a real challenge for folks who went the other way to be like, okay, like, why is it you all don't think shit is working? And my observation, Tom, is that they don't think shit is working because shit is not working for them. Right. Like, genuinely. Like you right. go to some of these towns and you're like, this place like used to have a plant, used to, you know, used to manufacture something or used to have like a a particular source of vitality and jobs and then let's say that source is dried up and then your kid left and the people that are still there are struggling with addiction and other things and then someone comes and says like hey you know vote for this and like oh fuck you you know i mean that that's like a reaction that more and more americans are having yeah your sex life is important but your schedule is busy you don't have the time to go to a doctor's office to get treated for your erectile dysfunction through hymns now you can get treated for ed without stepping foot outside your door 
HIMSS is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. HIMSS provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment, options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash YMH. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash YMH for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash YMH. Hardmints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. More like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office and we have been saving so much money since switching over. And setting up a Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash mom. That's mintmobile.com slash mom. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash mom. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I mean, you know, I just kind of go... I don't know, because I, I, I think it was kind of the natural thing for a while to be like, are you out of your mind to somebody who was supporting Trump, let's say, and then you, you know, you have legit critiques. Like they're obviously like there are, they come with tremendous merit and facts behind them. And then every time it's, you're done doing it, you're like, oh, that, like, like you said, it's not going to change that person's mind. And it just feels like the divide is greater but like things that you're saying right now make you go okay you, you have to make it is better to try to understand it it's not as easy as saying like these are just uneducated bigots you know like it's, it's 71 million people man yeah I mean, it's a lot and of people i will say too like the, the the big lesson i got too is that i thought and i you know i i uh, got this wrong uh so i thought there were a lot of people who voted for trump the first time uh, who were like, yeah, you know, like, like this isn't really how we govern. He's just kind of sticking it to folks. Uh, right. <laughs> and right. Then, and then when they saw him go to, they'd be like, oh, wait, like, that's, that's not good. I mean, I had anecdotal accounts of this where you had like the 80 year old grandma in Missouri who voted for him in 16 and was like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I want to vote against this guy. So, so that was my thesis going in was that like a, a significant number of people who voted for him in 16, um, were souring on him yeah of course i mean uh, a, a yeah. lot of people that are like even have been lifelong republicans like i know i know in my own family uncles who were like who just go like this is they reached a, a breaking point they're like that this is enough like this like, he's too chaotic 
Yes. I don't like the way he's treating people. I don't like the way he's governing. And he's, you know, it's a mess. The way to you to borrow from him. He's a mess, Andrew. Trump is a mess. So like people were saying that and you're like, oh, okay. I just thought more people would, would think that way. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the fact that his vote count went up so significantly where I think it went up by, um, like you said, I think it went up from maybe 65 million to 71 million or so. Um, so you have to reckon with the fact it's like, wow, 6 million Americans uh, more <laughs> than in 2016 said, like, yeah. Yeah, this, guy, this. this guy's really got his shit together. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, or it was just like a statement of values and like allegiance in a particular way. Because I, I think one of the problems we're having is that we're seeing things through like a lens of cognition where mm -hmm. it's like, I'll sit down, I'll reason with you. I'll be like, hey, this guy's not a very good president. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and, and people are operating through um, like a different lens or framework than cognition. Uh, they're, they're doing it based upon uh, emotion or yes. uh, allegiance or tribalism or... Um, like association or something, or in some cases still, and this is something I really think the Democrats need to work on, dig into it. It was like a version. It was like a, a version to something that the Democrats seem to stand for in their minds. Um, and and th that to me was like a very hard lesson is that I saw Trump's election in 16 as a result of deep rooted rot. Um, but I also thought a significant number of people uh, would have seen what happened over the last number of years and said, okay, like, this is not the, the solution. Like, this is not right. actually going to help right. my cause. And, and the fact that his vote total went up so significantly and Democrats lost, last I checked, seven incumbent seats. They did not expect that. They expected to be plus five to 15, not minus five. What's, uh, you know, that's like a, that's a massive swing. It's a massive swing. What's your analysis of like, as a party, how, like, why is their message not connected? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, a message can't be uh, like anti-Trump is not a message. You know, like, is it is it that is that they're not putting a message forward that's clear that people go like, oh, I, I, this is what this stands for? Because that shouldn't I mean, a lot of people think that that wouldn't happen. Uh, my critique uh, has been that the Democratic Party needs to focus on things that are going to actually touch you, touch your life, improve your life. Uh, and my chosen uh, policy for that is cash and still is cash. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, my organization, uh, Humanity Forward, is lobbying for cash relief. We should mm -hmm. have had cash relief all throughout this pandemic. It's um, it's because what really tragic that we haven't what went out to a stimulus uh, check or two right wasn't that what, what was yeah the stimulus check of twelve hundred dollars went out in april uh and now it's november i mean uh like any economist looks at it and says like hey you should have been doing a lot more than this the stock market has been pricing in another trillion it's just uh dc is stuck and dysfunctional i talk to several members of congress every day um now because i'm trying to help get something passed uh, that's how cool I am, Tom. You're very cool. Those members of Congress would be like, yo, um, yeah, what's up, man? So, so when you, when you ask like, uh, you know, the, the democratic party messaging, it's uh, it, you know, the democratic party just needs to get down to brass tacks in a way that people can touch and feel. Uh, and if it, I think the best way is cash. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that, that the democratic party making its case for people like that who feel left out more and more Americans just feel left out. 
and and the the tough part now is that the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are both being increasingly defined um, by uh, urban versus rural mm -hmm. uh, and like diverse and cosmopolitan versus uh, uh, more homogeneous, uh, and it, it's toxic. It's awful. Uh, you know, I, I spent a significant portion, not that much. I mean, I spent weeks, maybe months um, in Iowa the last two years because I was running for president. And that's mm -hmm. where you hang out a lot. Yeah. Um, and you get a place I, there I too? I was a traditional per... Uh, <laughs> I got places in every place. No, <laughs> I, I, didn't. I just Airbnb'd it when I was okay, there. Okay, all right. Um, but but I, I developed a real affection for Iowa. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great place and the people are great. Uh, and Iowa went from being really purple, like Obama wanted in 2012 as an example. Uh, to plus eight for Trump. And that was after plus nine and 16. Like it, it's gone red. Uh, and like that to me should be like a major challenge for the Democratic Party to be like, how is it that we're losing a place we won eight years ago by such a wide margin? And and a lot of folks around the country would be like, well, it's because of race or racism. And then I remind them, it's like like freaking a black dude won this place yeah. <laughs> eight years ago. Yeah. Like, like did they... You know, did they just notice, like, not notice, you know, like they were voting for a They're black They're like, wait, guy, that like, guy's um, black? In, in 2012? Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, so that that's like the, the simplistic uh, answer that, unfortunately, I think way too many people are embracing. Um, and, and that answer leads us to greater division because then you just give up and are like, well, you know, it's like if, if you have, uh, you know, folks in the rural areas like they're just not gonna vote for our people and mm -hmm. like blah 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 and it's like well you know you I mean you kind of proved that wasn't the case not that long ago uh and and things are getting worse for many many people in those towns uh you know when i was in iowa talking to them um i was talking to a doctor there and he said uh hey um when people get sick here in iowa they lose their jobs because that happens you know and then when they lose their jobs they lose their health insurance and then they show up to me the, the town doctor and i'm just like hey you're not insured and then they uh, often expire before they can like get new coverage, uh, you know, in the form of government aid. And so he was like, this is totally messed up. Yeah. And there's a family doctor in Iowa. And I was like, that sounds deeply fucked up uh, mm -hmm. that like that. That's what's going on. Of course. Um, so there, so there are real problems. And, and the, the bigger problem is that like the folks who are living these problems just don't believe in, uh, in us anymore, uh, especially if Democrats come in and message, around values it's like look i'm a decent person and fairness and the rest of it it's like i mean i like decency and fairness but you know like and and some you know democrats are fighting for um health improvements um in a way that would touch that person's life uh we just need to like it, it, it the, the tough thing tom is like if you were to say to someone it's like hey do you want have health care for that farmer or whatever and it'll be like yes um, but then if you say, hey, do you want socialized medicine, then they'll they'll flinch and cringe because they've been trained to hate that by Fox. Um, and there's so there, it, it's like branding and like and and wording that that is effective, essentially. Right. Like saying yeah. like socialized medicine, people are like, that's that's a bad thing. And this is back to the Jonathan hate argument, which I believe is correct, especially now where what what's happening is we're we're now charging words and terms positively and negatively in various ways and then like arguing about the terms and it gets us nowhere. Like no one really wins. Yes. Uh, and one, and one thing that Republicans are awesome at is naming stuff things that you like or dislike. Like they renamed the estate tax the death tax, and we're like repeal the death tax. And you're like, yeah, death tax sucks. Yeah. But then you're like, hey, should really rich people just be able to like you know give all their stuff tax free to their kids? People are like, oh, I don't know about that. Like yeah. you know, if you call it the the death tax though, it seems terrible. Or they 
renamed uh, anti-union rules right to work rules and everyone's like right. yeah right to work of course <laughs> you know? like, like they're really really expert and naming stuff uh in, in a way that helps make their case and democrats are less good at that yeah like death tax doesn't like you call it the rich kid tax all of a sudden everyone will be like nah we don't want no rich kids <laughs> yeah yeah right it, it really does it is kind of a rich kid tax. i mean because um, but they but they 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 won that one like they actually did uh greatly greatly reduce the estate tax yeah um Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code YMH24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code YMH24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. I know it can be overwhelming. I've been in that position. And what you want when you're getting to something like jewelry is an expert to help guide you along the way. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you're not satisfied, there's 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. Don't you feel like um, there's a little bit to what we're talking about with, I don't know if you saw the uh, the Bill Maher clip that went like pretty viral where he was uh, basically criticizing some of like, I guess you would call it like the branding of the Democratic Party saying like, well, you know, like if we're so hyper-focused on like using like, making sure someone's woke and using the right woke term, that's almost a distraction from what you're trying to accomplish as a party and like what your, you know, what your agenda is. If you're all caught up on, did you use the right acronym or, or this term? That can be a distraction too. Not that like you should ignore, uh, you know, being decent and civil and respecting people and, and, and speaking the right way. But like, if you're, if that's, such a big thing for you that like somebody didn't say the word of the day then that almost fires up i think you know the the right even more to go like look at this nonsense and and it's effective it's one reason why i was focused on something uh that would have a direct and concrete impact on folks like cash yeah um because i i because i think that we've gotten distracted like you said by uh various conversations that aren't addressing the fact that 
entire community's way of life and getting worse and disintegrating for years, decades in some cases. Uh, and um, that's the problem in my mind. Like if you address that problem, then it becomes easier to start thinking about other problems, uh, but you should definitely start there. And there's part of me, Tom, that feels like we're almost purposefully being distracted. Yeah. It's like we're all just running around like, you know, like, like facing the, the, China, certainly under Trump and the media, like so guilty of this, where anything Trump did, everyone's like, you see what he said, you see what he said, and they're just like, come on, I mean, he's still, right. It's a distraction, you know. He's, he's, yeah, 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 and and so we we like the the fundamental inequities have been getting worse for decades. Uh, and what, what's wild, Tom's, I had this experience too. It's like you know, like I ran for president, um, and I genuinely believe that giving everyone um, uh, money is the way to go. Like, and I, I think we're going to get there now. Fifty-five percent of Americans are for it. Now it wasn't like that when I was running. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was, you know, it's like a result of the last months. Um, Seventy-four percent are for cash relief during the pandemic. I mean, cash is the answer, uh, and uh, I, I felt this way obviously the whole time. But if you reflect back, and I don't know when you first heard about me in the campaign, um, I think you and I have some friends in common. Yeah. Um, but um, it's. Like, it, it was pretty far out when I first arrived on the scene, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a terribly mainstream idea. Universal basic income? Um, and, and, yeah, yeah. Universal yeah. basic income. Yeah, like, this guy's out of his and, mind. How's he going to get, how are we going to, like, you've pointed out, like, where are we going to get the money? You know? Like, uh, like that. that's so crazy to come up with this money to send out, but, like, we definitely have just enough money it. to pay for it. Yeah, and, and we just did it, which is a great point. And we also, I don't know, it's funny when people go, where are we going to get the money? They only ask that on certain uh, uh, proposed spending of money. Other times, it's just like, yeah, of course we have the money. Yeah, and the the arguments I made, it's like, look, do you remember voting for the $4 trillion bailout of Wall Street during the financial crisis? I don't remember that crisis? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, no one was like, where do you get the money then? Or or even the CARES Act that passed nearly unanimously. Like, the headline is $2.2 trillion, which, by the way, could fund something like 1000 bucks a month for all Americans for how would they have um, um, do some math okay go ahead like I think that I think that that pays for um about a year's worth for everyone <laughs> you know oh. if, if they just turned around and gave it to to us so this is another thing that most people don't realize Tom um so people got 1200 bucks you're like oh that's great uh no that, that 1200 bucks might have added up to something like six or seven percent of the the total 2.2 trillion the vast majority of the money did not go to us it went you know to to corporations uh let's let's call it you know 80 percent plus like went to corporations and that, that cash relief portion was very very small most people don't actually sit there and do the math to figure that out uh yeah and that's um that's of course like very uh depressing to hear that that um that the money didn't go because there is nothing like it is awful to consider you know poverty in general it's it's a it's a horrible horrible reality but when you consider that like this year you have people that you know want to work can work were working and they're just in a even a position where they're just like it's not even an option anymore like you can't you can't even do anything and like how do you get by i mean it's just got to feel like the emptiest feeling you can have yeah, for millions of Americans, over 10 million Americans, you have 8 million Americans who've fallen into poverty over the last number of months. And if you think about the industries and occupations that are impacted, it's 
restaurants and servers and bartenders and yeah. cooks, but it's also personal trainers, airline attendants, yoga instructors, security guards, anything that, uh, that touched live music, concerts, conventions, yeah. events comedy comedy clubs yeah uh you know like the ripple effects just go on and on hotels uh like so, so uh we ha we have so much work to do to try and actually get us back on our feet and, and the thing that breaks my heart is that of the 10 million plus who lost their jobs through no fault of their own uh like th these are for the most part people that did not have like a ton of cushion you right know what i mean like you like you you have folks who were the best situated, um, who life, I mean, life was inconvenient, but like you have the folks who are uh, the worst situated and it's like existential crisis after crisis, uh, you know, eviction, inability to, um, to pay for gas or food or fuel. I mean, like the, the rest of it's just, it, it'd be very angry. Uh, and, and then, you know, you have our government unable to do what virtually every other developed country's government has done during this time. So in, in that, environment like you know it's so crazy that uh i feel like we're inducing craziness mm -hmm. you know it, it, it's um yeah like we're, we're making it easier to be unreasonable and, and that is uh that's a, a terrible state of affairs yeah it's um it is terrible but you feel like we are actually getting closer to Congress kind of coming on board with this, right? This, this, is, this is within reach? Well, I'm working on it every day. Uh, I think there's going to be a relief bill of some kind, certainly in the new year, because uh, after Joe gets sworn in and Congress gets sworn in, they'll hammer out some. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you got to count the legal votes first, buddy. Don't give me this shit about Joe getting sworn in. Go ahead. <laughs> like I was saying, Tom. Oh, sorry. Um, so, so, so there'll be a relief bill of some kind mm -hmm. uh, early next year, which is way too late. You know, like, uh, I mean, it should have passed months ago. Um, there will be a cash component of that. And one of the things I'm working hard on is making the cash component bigger and more central. In my mind, the cash component should be uh, the bread and butter of this whole thing. Because if you get money into people's hands, I was talking to a very senior economist who I won't name, but he was like, you know, he was in charge of a lot of stuff. Um, and he said one of the great things about cash relief is that you put money into someone's hands and you're guaranteed that uh, the worst case scenario is that they're just going to stick it in a bank and then spend it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah. And what's going to happen the vast majority of the time is they're just going to spend it immediately. Yeah. Uh, so, so he said like, that's a pretty good solution uh, because a lot of the other things you're going to try you're going to plow money into institutions and environments where you're actually kind of guessing. And, and the, the fact right. is right now, if I, if I plow millions of dollars into like a medium sized company, is that company going to lay off fewer workers? You know, I mean, you can try and tie it to various conditions. Sure. Um, but, but the, and you know, that's what you try and do, but there are a lot of these environments where it's, it's actually somewhat unclear. Like you have to kind of hope. Um, and if you put money into people's hands, you're pretty confident that that person is going to spend it or worst case, save and spend it later. And let, let's not forget also that like that's the economic benefit of doing this, like to that person's life and the environment. But there's also, I think, that that factor of if you're one of somebody who really needs that relief and that check comes to you that you have cash in hand, what that does to so many people's emotions, you know, like.
like uh, like your own mind and emotion and your household and your family you know to feel that relief it is you can't even almost put a price on that you know when you're struggling yeah. and you get a check that feels that's it's an amazing feeling it's like a boot comes off your throat yeah you know we can we can really help people uh feel like they have a future like that their kids are going to be all right i mean it's in our ability uh, to do this. So I'm fighting for it every day, Tom. I am yeah. optimistic. Certainly the will of the people is there. Um, if anyone's really into this and they want to help, yeah. uh, our website's movehumanityforward.com. And then uh, you can keep track of what we're doing and lend a hand, uh, but we're working on it all the time. Um, we have some other fun things cooking too, uh, but it's all about cash. I mean, I am heading to Georgia. Um, I'm going to be, I, but like in that case, our organization is supporting other orgs. Uh, it's fun having an org. I got to say, Tom, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you run for president and then people get into it and then you wind up with all these people that are excited about stuff you're doing. So it's it's incredible to be able, be able to have an impact in various ways. Can I ask um, you really this grateful for it. about because I, I actually realized that I don't think I've ever spoken to somebody that's run for president um, that like when you when you when you actually make the decision to, to say, I'm going, like, I'm actually going to, right? Like, now it's just a considerate, but you go like, I'm doing it. Do you, does it feel crazy that you're saying, I, you know, I could be president of the United States? Is it like a surreal feeling? Yeah, it was surreal. Uh, and it, it was difficult because you would say those words, I'm running for president, mm -hmm. to folks that know you, uh, and they are like president of what? Yeah, <laughs> or or whatever it happens to be. And then you're like president of the United States. Yeah, and not of the book like, club. Oh, uh, and, and so there was like a real uphill battle for months because I filed the paperwork in November 2017 and then announced in February of 2018. And no one gave a shit about uh, like the 2020 race in early 2018. Mm -hmm. And so there was approximately a year of my just being like, I'm running for president. And then mm -hmm. people are like, are you now? <laughs> and, and so it so it required like a real belief and fortitude and to some extent um, like a kind of laissez-faire attitude where it's like, yeah, you know, don't take it too seriously. I mean, one, one stupid story I tell that might be indicative is that I had an event at one of my boys' school. There was like a book thing and I, I wrote a book. Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this event at the school. And I, I thought it might be good to like, you know, let folks in the community know uh, what I was doing. Uh -huh. And like no one showed up. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like... And, and then the, the following year, people, you know, when, when it became uh, like a campaign that everyone was was reading about in the news and whatnot, people who were other parents in the school were like, oh, my gosh, like that thing was real because, you know, I guess they got the message and it was like. Uh... Did you but when you when you go to those early events, like cause I wonder about this and, and like like the school or something and no one shows up, would you feel dejected? Would you be like, I don't know if I should keep doing this? I'm a human being, so certainly yeah. there were times where I was like, well, that's not very cool. But yeah. um, but I, I'm also an entrepreneur, and uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you uh, set yourself like a goal and a timeline. Um, and I set out 
uh, said, look, I'm running for president. That means I'm going to be at this through, um, you know, in my mind, it was, uh, you know, 2020. Um, and so anything that happens to me between now and 2020 is just part of the, uh, the story, the building process. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so no matter what you did to me during those two years, I was just going to be like, whatever, like, you know, I'm, uh, and, and I knew that going in, like when you flip that switch and decide to do it. And it's not that dissimilar from if, uh, if you start a business, let's say I started a business mm -hmm. and it was like Andrew's cupcakes, which would be a terrible business. Cause you know, I'm shit for baking anyway. Um, like, it, and, and then you money from people, which I did not, not big money, but like I went to my friends and was like, Hey, I'm running for president, like donate, you know, some money. And then yeah. some of them donated like, you know, a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks that then if you take someone else's money for your presidential campaign or Andrew's cupcakes, uh, then you uh, essentially forfeit the ability to, um, to be negative. <laughs> like, right. like for those right. couple of years you know what i mean like sure. because like let's say if you invested in andrew's cupcakes and then i go to someone and be like try my cupcakes and they like spit them out they're like oh these are terrible then you can't be like oh like well i guess that's i that. quit <laughs> yep i'm done <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You, you have to be like well shoot i yeah. guess i should improve the cupcake yeah I'd be like hey andrew so that's, i gave you thousands of dollars for these goddamn cupcakes just make better cupcakes man jesus well, part of it too, Tom, I'll tell you what the real thing was, like the real thing that does make me self-conscious is you have a team around you. Yeah. So imagine like uh, having these idealistic folks working for the campaign and then show up to an event and, like no one's there. Uh, and so I'm certainly not allowed to be sour because if yeah. I'm sour, then the people that were working with me will be like abandoning shit right and left. That's a good and, point. And if anything... And if there's anyone's fault that no one showed up to the event, it's my fault for not being right. cooler. You know yeah. what I mean? So that there's like no one yeah. to look at. That's a good point. Um, it, it would be like if it would be like if a comedian showed up to a club mm -hmm. and then like no one had come to the comedian and he started like yelling at his team. It's like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? Be funnier. Well, <laughs> I know quite a bit of comedians that could listen to that advice. <laughs> um, uh, a lot. Uh, so... Oh, one other thing I wanted to touch upon uh, uh, with regard to Trump and his, uh, you know, presidency coming to an end here is that I'm going to bet, I don't know if you would agree with me, I'm going to guess that he is not going to follow in the tradition of past presidents who upon the oh, day no. of departure go, I had my time, it is now your time and I will step back and retire, and, you know, so... They will I, probably set up a, a like a replica of the Oval Office yes. and then have him sit there. Yes. And then just like film it. And it'll be like this kind of weird phantom uh parallel universe where he's still depressed. Is it is there some responsibility? Oh, is there responsibility really? of at least the major outlets to not cover everything he does post presidency? Because I, I feel like coverage of what he does and says at every moment does further that divide and and make things more volatile and i think that like if he's you know your presidency is over you know covering it as if it if it were you were a president is is not fair to even the whole general public so there was trump as candidate uh, and the media networks covered him way much. I think I saw yes. one story that said they gave him a billion dollars worth of free coverage. Yeah. And it helps get him elected. Then he becomes president. And then they cover everything he does. And then you're like, okay, 
he's the president. So I guess, you know, you can't fault a, a news station for just talking about everything he says and does. Then he leaves. At that point, you have to draw a line and say, like, hey, is it really newsworthy? Exactly. What, uh, the, what the former president is tweeting about or doing. Uh, I certainly hope that networks move on from Trump. Uh, um, uh, one tough truth, though, Tom, is that Trump has been very, very good for a lot of businesses and a mm -hmm. lot of ratings. Uh, and so there's going to be a temptation for them to reach back um, because covering some Biden industry panel is going to be much less interesting mm -hmm. uh, than covering Tr Trump's late, latest uh, ramblings. So uh, there is a line to be drawn, though. I, I hope that the media does move on because a lot of Americans are ready to move on. I mean, what are we yes. going to do? Just fixate on this guy? That's forever? what I'm saying. Like that, you know? Yeah, it's like there's got to be an end to it at some point. Um, are you, are we going to see you in the Biden administration? Can I ask you? Uh, you're on the spot with Tom's news. Are you going to be? <laughs> That's why everyone should be looking to you for their news. <laughs> I know, Tom, I know. And I'll only hear it here. <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to the administration. Um, I, I've got a, you know, like uh, certainly a willingness to serve. Um, there may be uh, different paths for me in terms of service, but I, I'm going to do something that I think is going to have a positive impact um, because we really need it, Tom. I mean, again, these 71 million Americans, like the tens of millions who are suffering right now, uh, like I ran for president because I genuinely thought that things were not going well for a lot of people and I could do something about it. And my sense of that is higher now than it was. Sure. Like, so, so this isn't a time for Andrew to be like, oh, you know, like uh, mission accomplished type shit. It's like, like the urgency is higher, not lower. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I should be making a decision and have something out in the world about my next steps um, relatively soon, I would say, you know, like the, the next number of um, probably like sometime around, uh, um, you know, the holidays. Um, but I, I, I've got a I've got like a fire burning where like I, I need to freaking help move us in the right direction. Will you things are going terribly. Yes. Will you give us the exclusive when you make that announcement? Be back on on your podcast. Yes. You know, I think I owe some other folks uh, that, Get that the, one. Come on, I've, man. <laughs> so do that out. <laughs> other people were there for me when I was running, Tom. Where I was there. For, I where was there. Look at your DMs. <laughs> so... <laughs> um look i i um i think it's just it would uh it is a great thing that we have you um seriously in in, in society and and dedicating yourself and and committing to like improving society and humanity it's it's, it's a rare thing so i think it's, it's i i i want you to stay in administrations and run for office uh because i mean i i connect to you much more so than i have any other uh guy that looks like my dad or uncle so so um i'm 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 very hopeful that you keep um you know in in what you're doing oh thanks tom it means a lot uh, you know i feel like a natural kinship with uh you and a lot of the folks who do what you do for a living um and i'm not going anywhere because our kids aren't going anywhere you know yeah. i mean like what choice do you have really like you know we have to make these things better or just sort of shrug and be like well i guess we're you know, I'll go into hell in a handbasket. And like, and, and I'm now one of the, you know, relatively small number of people, uh, you may be one too, uh, who actually might be able to help yeah. you know, genuinely. Because like a, a lot of folks will 
not be able to change our course, but I feel like I might be able to, you might be able to, some of the people that we know might be able to. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a jerk move to walk away from that, um, uh, that responsibility if you feel, or opportunity, like if you feel you can make a difference. So don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Good. My kids, good. I used to joke all the time, like my kids are not very rugged. So like we need to make things better because they're, they're going to fare very poorly. <laughs> like, uh, in, um, in the country that is uh, tearing itself apart. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Let me ask you, everyone wants to know, are you going to drop the turkey slicer on Vince McMahon in the WWE? That's a famous the labor wrestling practices word. of the WWE are so um, wrong and they have been wrong for a long time, decades really. Um, and, and it was almost somewhat justifiable when they were like coming up and, you know, they, it was like the, this kind of carny roots business. Mm -hmm. um, but now it makes zero sense when you're like a multi-billion dollar public company, uh, you know, one of the top rated shows on TV and you're still calling people independent contractors. Now he's restricting them from Twitch and Cameo. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, and uh, at least one of the, one of the wrestlers just got fired. Um, and, for for uh, tweeting. She had previously. For like. Yeah, she had previous. She just tweeted something that seemed like uh, pro pro union um, union organized yeah. labor, and then she gets fired. And like, is that a coincidence? I mean, like, tell me other uh, performers aren't looking at it and being like, huh, like maybe I should not say a word about unions because then they just might fire me too um right so it so uh i'm optimistic that the time for examining the wwe's labor practices uh is way overdue when it will happen under this administration wow. uh and i and i do have the ability to help uh, on that score you know either i'm going to be in a role where i might be able to, uh, to do it but at a minimum i can just call uh, someone in the administration because it's a small world at this point, you know, like I, I know enough people where I can nice. just be like, Hey, like get me the, um, you know, national labor relations board, uh, or, um, the labor secretary, um, on the phone. Uh, so it, it's coming, you know, I mean, I, I hope that they do the, I mean, there's no evidence of this. I was going to say, I hope they do the right thing even before we get there. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's where the, <laughs> where yep. it's going. If they're, if they're, um, firing people and doing these switch restrictions right now, you hear uh, that, so Vince McMahon? Coming. You hear that? You're gonna be covered in turkey. Sorry, go ahead. It's coming. Like the it, it's it's just right. You know, I can't tell you how many former performers and current performers have reached out to me, be like, "Yo, if you can do something about it, that would be straight up." Because they know they're getting exploited, but it's very very hard for them to do anything about it because he holds all the cards. Of course, and there's other. I mean, I'll, other uh, multi-billion-dollar. I would say. Uh, sports entertainment franchises that could be encouraged to do um more of the fair thing uh but i'm very happy that you're 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 going to tackle that as well before um you go here will you let me know what's what you're going to be doing down uh in georgia i know we they have the big uh state runoff coming up are you going down there to like uh, in, you know register more voters or encourage people or what's what's the plan yeah, I'm going to, to go down and try and activate energy around voting because a lot of people still are unregistered and a lot of people are registered, but they think the election's over and think that's it. Yeah. Um, so I've got an event with young people who are in high school, some of whom might have turned 18. So that's very exciting. I've got an event with the WNBA 
Um, uh, that's super fun. I'm supposed to see my friend Dominique Wilkins. The um, man, so, the human um, highlight reel. Yeah, and then I know you and I are the age where we understand that Neek is uh, like an all-time great and dude. Freaking, like have these images of him cramming on people in our minds. Um, I, I have an event with uh, with some Asian American leaders, uh, and Asian Americans are 4.7 percent of the vote in Georgia. So I'm just going to be doing things that that can help um animate voters there probably have some social media from there too so that folks will be like what, what what's going on they'll be like oh yang's in georgia why why do i care and then be yeah. like oh it's because the senate hangs in the balance and uh, one of the things i've been saying to myself uh, <laughs> is if you give washington an excuse it'll take it you know what i mean like if, if they're looking at each other being like well it's the other guy's fault um then we could be waiting for cash relief and everything else for uh, a longer time whereas if you clear excuses out then maybe we have a chance to get something done that'll actually help people that are listening to this wow so if people want to get involved anyway uh is it move humanity forward yeah the organization's called humanity, humanity forward, forward right. but our website's move, move humanity forward.com mm -hmm. uh and uh we we're always working on something um you can get involved as a volunteer you can just uh put down your email address um you know donate money like whatever you want and um, we also have a a relief effort where we've given $10 million to struggling American families. Thank you donors. Really? Wow. It's so, so cool what you can do. So we've given uh, $10 million uh, to about 20,000 families. So it, it averages out to about $500 each. Um, and uh, so we're working with an work called the 1k project to do that now. So if you want to donate to struggling families, you can do that. Um, you can also, if you're an employer, you can sponsor a family to receive um, that money um, because of a change in circumstance um, on their part. So we're, you know, we like to walk the walk. Like I'm trying to lobby for cash relief, um, but it's easier to lobby for cash relief if you demonstrate that, you know, that that's what you're doing too. That's incredible, man. You're doing, you're doing amazing work. It's really, it's really, uh, I don't know. It's encouraging. It's, um, it, it makes me feel good that there's people out there like you uh, thinking like that. So we can donate on that site just to help struggling families. This is not a, a political thing. If you just want to help people who need help, you can just go there and donate. Yeah. If you go to movehumanityforward.com and then uh, you click through the 1K project, you can just give money to, you can actually even see the family that you're helping. Uh, so there there are ways to help. Uh, we certainly need to, to keep this movement growing um, because the Problems are getting worse, not better. Um, just like the way we opened up this conversation, Tom. But yeah. don't worry about it. When everyone's coming to you for their news, everything will be better. They'll just turn off. I'm uh, so Newsmax happy and uh, and One America Network <laughs> that you have finally acknowledged the great newsman that I am. I feel like it's it's finally making its way through the channels that this is the place to go. Yes, come here. Come to the cave. Look yeah. at this. Look Andrew at this, man. Some, uh, some commercial um, action. That's why they keep me around. Are you, uh, before you leave, are you um, very stoked about the possibility of James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets? I, I am stoked about it because, yeah. you know, like I'm a, I'm a, a Nets fan. I think it'd be fun and good for the league. I will say that if I'm Houston, I probably don't just do that because he wants you to because he's got two more years on his deal. Mm -hmm. um, you might be able to max out his value in a particular way. I really do like the Nets players that would be going to Houston. I think Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie are both very good. Um, but if you're the Rockets, you might think you can uh, get some more value. So I don't know how it plays out. But if it, if it does end up... Um, 
that Harden's on the Nets, I think it's going to be the story. I'm also a Steve Nash guy too. Uh, I met Steve Nash a while back in yeah. New York City. Yeah. Um, so like you know, it'd be a fascinating story. Uh, and the the East needs like a super team like that. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, you've got like the Super Lakers coming. That would be a clash of the ages, like Man. the Super Lakers against the Super Nets. Yeah. Though the way we're describing this too, you and I grew up in an era where it wasn't Super Team versus Super Team. Uh, so, I do kind of miss that, you know, a little bit. Like when when we grew up, you know. I was telling somebody because there was a period where I didn't follow like any of the like NBA stuff. And they were like, why? I was like, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, Isaiah. And you knew that that was a piston and Clyde Drexler and, you know, Jordan. And and like everybody had like, I don't know, their their identity. It was like it really was like teams would stay teams for a long period of time. I mean, the, the, you know, the business and the game changed and. I want to say that I feel like baseball was kind of like that first of just like, you know, super signing like huge caps and making a super team. But it's just different now. It is different. Guys just switch all over the place and it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it is different. You got to try and not be a fuddy-duddy being like, in my yeah. day, but yeah, it, yeah, it is course. true, man. And like the nine, But in the 90s, it was, uh, you know, I loved the that those Knicks teams. It was like... Um, not just Ewing, but Starks and Oakley and Mason, Mason. And, and, dude. And those teams uh, were like straight Harper up and all those dudes. They're like, we're going to, we might, if we lose this game, you're going to have teeth knocked out of your mouth. Like during the game, like they were such a physical team. Yeah. And it was, it, it was gritty uh, and it felt uh, like it had an identity that was aligned with the, with the New York market and whatnot. So th those are the times that, I remember fondly uh, where, um, but you know, like I'll be psyched for super team nets too. You sure. Know, probably go watch a game as we, we uh, win the title in 2021. Whoa. Bold predictions there. <laughs> Bold predictions. You don't just get hard hitting news here on Tom YMH talks. You also get sports predictions. Is that 2021? I'm trying to do this. Yeah. I, wouldn't I don't know. Start then. Yeah, Dude, then it's so crazy. You know, else. when you're a comic, your agents hit you up with offers for like for for shows, right? So they'll go like, "Hey, you have an offer to do, uh, you know, this Phoenix venue," um, and so and usually it'll be like in six months or nine months. I am booked through twenty twenty two, and I get emails. It'll be like, uh, "Hey, so Philly's confirmed for uh, uh, for November." I'm like, "For November," and they're like, "For November of twenty twenty two." you have a you have a, a week of work and i'm like what it just feels it feels freaky it's just weird you know well good for you tom um thanks exciting and by the I'm way i'll leave tickets at time. every show until you come just like in those movies where they're like where's my dad i will hit you up man i'm okay. gonna surprise you know what i will come if you let me uh just randomly pop on stage and uh and just like uh, amuse yes everyone for like you know, like 10 confused seconds and then i'll like walk on off so that'll be a done deal so if you go to tom segura's shows you should know that eventually andrew yang's gonna just pop up at one of them nice you have, you have an open <laughs> offer you have an open offer absolutely anytime you want man anytime you want thank you that. very much for your time today man i really i really enjoy talking to you thank you so much andrew you too tom be well stay safe and uh you know like see you at the club in uh, november 2022 sounds good count the votes bro you gotta count the votes <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, man.
Hi, thank you for watching that episode of Your Mom's House. Please continue to watch more. You can see all these were my hands gesturing. You can click on those. And please subscribe if you have not yet. And subscribe button, and then we'll get your money. Thanks. <laughs>